And welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always as we continue to chug along in our conference previews. What did we go over last time? The NEC? Um, so we know the the MAC. So now we are moving to the... Uh, no, we, we went over the, the NEC last time. So uh, moving to the Patriot League. And then on Thursday, we will wrap everything up, preview the SoCon, and talk um, the three independents as well. Now, with the Patriot League, we do have, uh, or, uh, I should say, we, we don't know exactly schedules of individual teams, but we know what they are going to do as far as it concerns with conference play. And, you know, uh, uh, if y'all have not seen this, um, I think they wanted to come out December 22nd um, is when uh, it was initially reported, I believe Matt Kinnear of Inside Lacrosse um, reported that first. And then, you know, the Patriot League, they are doing something similar in basketball, and they made that decision in, like, October. And I remember, I think I said on this podcast, that that's interesting. That is something I could see them doing because of the number of teams they have. What do you know? They have done that, and uh, they will be sporting into a North and South division. The North is Army, Boston U, Colgate, and Holy Cross. The South is Bucknell, Lafayette, Lehigh, Loyola, and Navy. So those are your two divisions. Um, the conference play will begin on March 6th and end April 24th. Patriot League tournament is that first week in May, the 7th through the 9th, um, you know, like usual. And then, you know, whether teams are going to play conference games, um, I would assume most would, but that's certainly going to vary school to school. Um, as far as what their athletic department is going to let them do. Uh, but with them starting in March, you know, I, do, uh, I, I, I do count on them playing, at least some of these teams playing non-conference games, have heard of some non-conference games possibly being in the mix. Um, I'm not going to say which ones those are, but I uh, do know that there are uh, multiple teams at least in this conference, that are going to play non-conference games, as well as those conference games, um, which will be, I believe the way they're doing it is um, they're going to play seven contests against um, Patriot League opponents, and then it, it's going to be, uh, you're going to play your division teams, and then there's multiple cross-division games as well. Um, so Navy has their... Um, or they had their schedule up. It's now been taken down. But they had it up for conference. And it had them playing cross-division against Holy Cross and Army. Um, obviously, you're not going to miss that Army-Navy game. Um, and that one was set for the last week of the season uh, per usual. So, um, you know... That's what we're looking at uh, as terms of scheduling with 
the Patriot League again. It, it's going to vary um, school to school, um, institution institution to institution of what they do. But that's what we are looking for um, and, and looking at right now. Um, got the scheduling out of the way. Now I, I do want to hit on Holy Cross real quick because um, they are coming into the season with no full head coach. Um, Shane Lynch has been named the interim head coach there. Peter Burke is out. Um, if you did not know, uh, that happened, what, two, three weeks ago now. And I know there are reports out there um, of uh, some big-time names, assistant names that they are going after. Um, and that is possibly going to lead to a hire before the season. You know, you know, some of the names that I've, I've heard – um, I don't necessarily think would leave before the season um, for the Holy Cross job, and I don't think would leave for the Holy Cross job. Um, so I just want to let, let you know, again, just like with every coaching search, don't believe everything that you hear, see, um, you know, buddy down the street that has a cousin that knows someone that knows someone in the program. Like, don't believe that. Um, you know, Certainly, there's truth in every every rumor, but do not believe everything that you hear. Um, but yes, I I've have I have heard and have seen um, the reports that they are interviewing candidates as we speak. Um, have interviewed a couple already. Um, I don't have those names for you, but I do know they have interviewed. Um, some assistant head coaches. So if they do hire a head coach before the season, that's that's going to be interesting. And it'll be interesting to see what they, you know, how that affects this season. Um, no, and, and I don't think we've ever had a head coaching hire this late in lacrosse ever. Well, in the modern era, I should say. I believe, was it, Bill Tierney went to RIT in December, um, it, it from, from high school to RIT in December. So, hey, it happens. You know, hasn't happened that I know of since then, which would have been in like what the, um, what the eighties, late early eighties, something like that. Um, so you know, I don't know if it's happened since then, but that's the only one that I've heard of. Uh, late higher that I can think of. So with those two points out of the way, let's get right into uh, previewing some of these teams. And um, as usual, I will go over the top two to three teams in the conference who I think are contenders, and then we'll gloss over, get some anecdotal things about some of the other teams. So um, obviously the top two contenders, for me at least right now, are Loyola and Lehigh. Um, and then Army and Navy, I will talk about both of them as well. I, you know, Navy, I wouldn't put them as a contender, um, but I've mentioned on this podcast before and written articles about how I do have faith in Navy coming into this season that they can take a step forward. So I will talk a bit about that. But mostly that third team that I'll talk about will be Army um, because I do think they do have a chance to uh, be a. Uh, Contender, and honestly, 
I think this is a confidence this year um, because of you know what's transpired. I think you could say this for a lot of conferences. We don't really know what's going to happen. And I think the Patriot League is pretty tight, at least in the middle of the pack this year, um, with teams like Boston U, uh, Bucknell, um, and Holy Cross, depending on what they do. Um, you know, I think it's kind of tight in that realm there, that middle of the pack, Navy, um, you know, essentially going for that uh, those quarterfinal spots in the Patriot League uh, tournament. That'll be a competition uh, to get one of those spots, and will be a competition once you're in there, um, as we've seen in the past, uh, with Boston U being able to pull off, uh, I think, at least one or two upset wins in the tournament. But let's get to the Loyola Greyhounds. Uh, this is a team that consistently one of the best in the Patriot League. Um, last year, obviously, was the first without Pat Spencer. And Aiden, Aiden Olmstead took that charge. Um, and Kevin Lindley took that charge um, as the top two guys on offense. Kevin Lindley actually was given the number seven by Pat Spencer. Um, I don't know if that's going to become a thing, kind of like the number one at Maryland, 22 at Syracuse. Could seven become a number like that at Loyola? I think that'd be cool to see. We'll have to see what happens um, after, I guess, 2022. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, after, after this year, if Lindley does decide to leave because everyone can come back again, um, if, if he doesn't come back, if he hands that off to someone. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But Olmstead and Lindley were absolutely phenomenal last season. Um, you know, both those guys stepped up in the areas they needed to. And this is an attack. Obviously, they lost a, um, a generational talent, and they didn't. I think originally when I first watched them and when I watched them against Virginia and Johns Hopkins, um, I said, and and even against Rutgers, I said, like, that's a team that that, that you could tell that there was something missing and that something was Pat Spencer. And it seems that they figured it out as the season went on. And the two losses to Virginia 12-9 to in the season opener and to Duke 13-10 to uh, in what would be the final season, uh, they did beat Towson fifteen to six, and Lafayette fourteen to four. They also beat Johns Hopkins ten to seven and Rutgers eleven to ten. So this is a team that they won the games they were supposed to win last season, and depending on what their schedule looks like this year, I think they will do just that. Um, they do return a lot of talent. Um, Olmstead and Lindley obviously being uh, the top two guys that they returned there. Also, Joey Kamish um, coming back as well as that third attackman. They do return the entire starting midfield, which I think should be even better this year. Uh, Peter Swindell comes back as a fifth-year guy. Adam uh, Poitras is coming back. And Dan Wiggly as well, sophomore and juniors, um, Poitras and Wiggly coming back um, for those sophomore and junior seasons with the Greyhounds. So this is a Loyola offense that's always been pretty good. You knew they had lost a big chunk of their offense from last year with Spencer, and they found ways to, you know, obviously Lindley, you know, taking it behind the cage and being that X guy, 
and, and even if Olmstead you know, takes it behind the cage, um, neither of those dudes are Pat Spencer. Th- there's no question about that. But I think Lindley did his best playing that role that he could. And Olmstead, same thing. They did the best they could in, 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 in trying to emulate what Spencer did and trying to play that role. Lindley obviously is more um, of a shooter, 19 goals, one assist. Olmstead was split 11-11 as far as goals and assists are concerned. Right down the middle, very solid player. So this is an offense that I like, I think should be pretty good again um, here in 2021. Defensively, you know, they won't, they're not the most talented defense, but they get it done. And Sam Schaefer um, was was fantastic last year in cage. He was really, um, I don't want to say a surprise player, but he was a breakout player. Um, coming in as a first-year starter, as a junior, 57% save percentage, uh, 60 saves, 45 goals allowed, um, and then well, they, they average like, what, 9, 10 something um, goals per game. So not too not too many goals. I mean, you held Hopkins, Towson, and Lafayette to single digits, Rutgers to 10, and then Virginia to 12, Duke to 13. Like, that's that's not bad. That's not a bad defensive performance from them. And with him back, as well as Kyle LeBlanc in front of the cage and Cam Wires, this is a, um, a defense that should still be pretty solid here in 2021. Um, they get Ryan McNulty back, who I'm a big fan of at the LSM spot. Uh, he can do a lot of different things. And then also uh, short stick defensive midfielder, Peyton uh, Vazanska, please say pronounce that, um, is coming back as well. Do like his game, um, and they should have a pretty solid um, unit at that short stick defensive midfield spot. At the faceoff dot, Bailey Savio went 69% last season. He's been very reliable throughout his college career, and I don't expect anything less from him here in 2021. So this is a Loyola squad that really returns a lot of talent on both ends. The defense is obviously the weaker of the two ends of the field um, with uh, with their defense not being as as talented, as strong as the offense. But we'll see how they look. At least they weren't last year. We'll see how they look here in 2021 if they can take that step forward. Um, Lehigh, this is a team that I think a lot of people, I don't want to say underrated, but um, kind of underestimated coming into last season. You know, they came off that 2019 season in which, what did they do? They they, they they lost in the... Uh, was it the it was was it the semifinals or the title game of the Patriot League? Because um, Army won it. Yeah, they lost in the finals um, against Army, eleven to seven in twenty nineteen. They went nine and eight overall. So you just one game away from being one more loss away, um, one more no win uh, from being nine hundred essentially, and. No, this is a team that was fairly young. You had Andrew Petit come back, which he's obviously 
Um, I believe he's gone. Check this real quick. I think, yeah, he's gone. Um, so they do lose him. But you get Tommy Schelling back, who was a stud as a uh, sophomore at the attack spot last year. Really led the way for that offense. And then Christian uh, Mule was the kind of uh, third attackman on that roster. Uh, 21 points, 16 goals, 5 assists. As a freshman, he really, really stood out last season. And then at that midfield spot, you get a guy like Andrew Eichelberger. Um, and then obviously Cole Coast um, and uh, Cole Coast in there, as well as John Sadorski um, at the uh, attack spot coming to the uh, junior and sophomore seasons. We'll see um, what happens there. This is a deep offense. They have a lot of different talented. They have a lot of talent, and they can put multiple spots on the field. Um, so, and Schelling and Mule being the top two guys there um, to, to lead the way. Uh, this is an offense that can do a lot, and they did put these guys in a lot of different spots uh, last season. Uh, so we will see. Um, Crew Clinton will also be back for fifth year um, as the second top, uh, you know, listed midfielder um, on the roster. And then I, th- I think the biggest piece, obviously, um, they have a big loss um, with Colin Coast and goal, but you know he didn't. He actually did not play goal goalie last year, so. I know a lot of people are talking about, well, that's a big loss. Um, he was essentially the backup. James Spence, and he did start, I believe, his sophomore year and hasn't started since. Um, and he'll probably, I would put him in the mix to start at Rutgers, but it's not as big of a loss as people think it is. James Spence played very well last season. I'd like to see him play a bit better game to game, but overall, I think he's a, he's a very good goalie, um, proved himself worthy last season, um, and, and really played well. And, they, you know, outside of the cage, um, you have Tangredi coming back as well, um, who was, you know, one of, and, and this is a, a, a defense that was pretty formidable last season, um, especially with him. Uh, Anthony Tangredi being the top, uh, one of the top defensemen, one of the top holes um, last season, as well as Teddy Leggett at the LSM spot. Um, and Judah Hicks is another guy um, on defense that you know had a solid season last year. I expect him to step up again here in 2021. I mentioned James Spence anchoring this whole thing down. Um and, you know, this should be a top 20 defensive unit again in 2021 for the Mountain Hawks. Because, honestly, like, you do lose Coast, who I think is a good, solid goalie, was a good, solid backup for them, and played well when he needed to. But a lot of people are making that out to be a bigger deal than it needs to be. Because you do have Spence coming in, and you have a bunch of other dudes elsewhere on this defense that can play and have shown they can make an impact 
in a multitude of ways. Um, so this is a this is a team that I fully fully expect to uh, at least contend for a title within the Patriot League here in twenty twenty one. Now, past Loyola and Lehigh, who are obviously the top two teams in this conference, without a doubt, is Army. And the the Black Knights, this is a team that, a a program that has been defined by defense. But recently, offense has really really started to um, take hold here. And this has been one of the better offensive stretches for the Black Knights um, that I can remember at least, and you know they were six and two last year before the season was canceled, and you know their two losses came to Marist, which was that Tuesday night upset, um, biggest win in Marist history, um, you would you could say, and then at Syracuse as well, and it was at Marist as well, I should say. Uh, so at Marist and at Syracuse back to back. They had those two losses, which dropped them a bit in the rankings, but they ended the season pretty solid. 12-5 win over Holy Cross, 15-10 win over Binghamton, and 16-8 win over Lafayette. Now, Holy Cross, Binghamton, Lafayette, that is n- no, that's not anything to um, you know, hang your hat on, but you look what they did in the beginning of the season, plowing UMass, um, and then uh, plowing NJIT and plowing Rutgers. And they played Syracuse very, very close. So this is a uh, this is a team that we know can play. They've shown that they can play. And they've shown they can play not only defense, as Army is known for, but offense. And with Nick Tone coming back to lead this offense... Brendan Nicktone, stellar freshman year in 2019, came back as a sophomore last year, obviously put up 19 goals, 27 assists. Uh, they do lose Miles Silva, which is a big hit to their offense. But with Nicktone returning, I, I think just with him coming back, as well as Bobby uh, Abshire and uh, Jacob Mullen at the midfield, um, who were the the uh, fourth and fifth leading point getters last season? You know, I I do think this is an offense that's still going to continue to be kind of fluid and still be. They might not be as good as they were last year, or as good as they've been, but I think they'll still be a top twenty offense uh, without a doubt. And I should mention they do lose um, Sean O'Brien as well as uh, Miles Silva. Um, and then they also do lose Connor DeWitt and Matt Manown. So that's 60 with all that together. Nick Turn, Silva, O'Brien, and then midfielders DeWitt and Manown. They lose 61 points off last year's offense. It's a lot to overcome, but I do think just with Nick Turn being there, I don't think the drop-off is going to be as bad as it would be if they were to lose Nick Tone as well as those guys. Uh, because if they lost Nick Tone as well as those guys, so you have 61 points, and then Nick Tone had 46, I mean, that would have been 107 points off off this <laughs> offense 
if they would have lost Nick Turner as well. So this is definitely an easy um, loss, some of those other guys. Silva, the biggest of the bunch, but offense should still be pretty solid. Uh, they do have some losses on the defensive end as well. Tom Ligney um, being the most productive pole statistically last season. He's gone. But Marcus Hudgens, um, you know, he had a he had a solid freshman year um, a, a, as a backup. And last year, putting him as a starter, a first-year starter as a sophomore, he proved himself. 15 cause turnovers, 35 ground balls, uh, those second top defensemen. And I expect him to be the leader of that close uh, close defensive unit this season. You also have Kyle uh, Bever at the LSM spot coming back as well. Um, and then, you know, I think the biggest returner is Wyatt Schubert. Uh Wyatt Schubert, you know, comes in as a, what was he last year, a sophomore. Um, and absolutely dominated like he was one of the he was probably one of the most I don't want to say surprise players but Army was losing AJ Barreto and AJ Barreto is a you know one of the best goalies that we've seen in college lacrosse um in in, in, in the past few seasons you could put him top five top ten and so you're losing that caliber of a goalie why Schupler uh, comes in is able to uh, replace AJ Barreto, not only just fill the plug in between the pipes, but he did it and he did it at an elite level. Uh, 61% save percentage, 82 saves, and you know, outside of let's see, outside of that Marist game, you know, they only Marist and Binghamton are the only two teams that put up double digits on them. Only two teams. Now, Syracuse got nine, and then, yeah, that's it. Syracuse got nine, and that's the closest anyone anyone else got to Binghamton with, and Holy Cross. Excuse me, with Binghamton with ten, and then Syracuse with nine. That's that's the closest anyone ever got. Um, Lafayette put up eight. Holy Cross put up five. Marist put up 17. But outside of that, Binghamton, Holy Cross, the only two teams that did that outside of Marist, which was a loss. And Syracuse beat them 9-7. to seven. So, and, and he, like Wyatt Schuper, I remember watching that game. He came up huge in that Syracuse game. I expect him to continue to come up huge in big games and, and just throughout the season this year for the Black Knights, who should be uh, that third-best team in the Patriot League. Navy. Got to talk about Navy. Um, Blue Blood, obviously, second year under Joe Amplo. I've mentioned before, I do like Joe. I do like Joe Amplo. I do like what this team is doing. I do like what he has going there. I think if you want to call it a rebuild, you can call it a rebuild. But, um, you know, this is a team that, you know, they 
No, what they did last year was because would they go? They went. Let's pull this up real quick. They went three and two, beating Manhattan, Furman, and then Colgate. They lose to Lehigh fourteen to six. Lose to Richmond twelve to nine. That was a really good battle. And they returned a lot of talent off last year's squad. Um, Christian Daniel is back as the leader on that attack. Uh, Tyler uh, Pariti is back as well. And also Nick Cole, who was a sophomore. Patrick uh, Skolanke, um, freshman last year at the midfield. And Henry Lentz was also a freshman. Audrey Flat was a sophomore at the midfield. Very young midfield. Very young midfield last season. And and look, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I said coming into last season, the two areas that this team needed to address for Navy to get back on track where Joe Ampro could take them back to the level they want to be is they had to address their issues on defense and at the faceoff dot. And what did they do? They addressed both of those issues. They addressed both of those issues. Both of those issues. And so, coming into 2021, you know, and, and, and mind you, they do, um, they do get back, who's it? Um, oh boy, uh, name escapes me at the moment. Uh, midfielder went out in 2019. Um, oh, this is killing me. I gotta look this up real quick. Uh, but uh, and I'll, I'll get that name right here real quick. But uh, they do get him back as well, and he was a solid, solid um, midfielder. One of the top midfielders in 2019 um, was injured last season. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's the article. Pull up the name here. Pull up the name. This is really bad podcasting, ain't it? Um, pull up the name. Michael Foster, that's what it is. Michael Foster coming back as well, um, who was a baller in 2019, um, sidelined in 2020. Um, added him to a young, young midfield. And this is a defense that, that's going to be pretty young as well. Uh, you lose Ryan Cohen. I think there's some questions on the back end, but you know, Ryan Cohen goal um, is, is a huge loss. But uh, do you think overall this is a team that's going to be uh, it's going to be better than they have been. Um, so those are just kind of the teams I wanted to highlight um, coming into the season in the Patriot League. Now, when you look at kind of the bottom, and I don't, wanna, I don't really want to call it the bottom because I don't necessarily think it, kind of the middle, of the, the middle of the road, and the bottom. Um, you know, Bucknell it, it is a team. You know, Austin Taylor is going to be their guy. Tommy Spoko, um, Haley Wellford um, at on offense, and this was an offensive-led team last year. Uh, they lose Will York. We'll see how they do with that. You know, that's the storyline kind of at Bucknell. And in my preview, I wrote like this is a stability test for them in 2020, um, because when you look at it, you know, they, in 2018, they were amazing. 
and 2019 they continued that. No, they weren't as good, but they certainly continued to be a solid team. Six and nine, certainly nothing to hang your hat on, and did have some pretty significant losses, but they were competitive. And then 2020 looked like they could wreck the Patriot League. And I don't think they're going to do that this year. But this is a team that still is very interesting and still probably, if you were going to ask me, you know, one team that I think not many people are talking about that they should be talking about more of, it's certainly bucked now. Now, Boston, you obviously last year, you lose Chris Gray. You have two freshmen, Vince D'Alto and Lewis uh, uh, Preferito, leading the way um, at that attack spot. Timmy Lay, Jake Cates um, at midfield. The offense, I think, it, I don't know if it necessarily took a step back, but it certainly wasn't as good as it would have been with Gray, understandably so. Uh, but this is an offense that was still very, very solid. Um they do have some losses on defense. Lee Setti, Chase Levesque, uh, two of the best LSMs in the nation, the best LSM tandem in the nation last year. They also lose uh, Trace McSorley in goal, um, you know, who's been the backbone of their defense for the past three seasons. So that is something they're going to have to overcome, and that's kind of what I'm, I, I, I'm, I am uh, going to watch for the most with BU. Um, I, I do think that this could be more than just a bounce-back year for them. I do think they have the talent to make uh, the Patriot League tournament and possibly make a run. Uh, and I mentioned they do have some young dudes on offense um, that have you know, shown to be very, very reliable. So, so we'll see if that does really come to fruition, um, if they can keep that on track. When you look at Holy Cross... Again, I mentioned in the opening, like, we don't know who the head coach is going to be. Um, I mean, well, we know it, it, it could be Shane Lynch, but we don't know necessarily if they're going to make a hire or not um, before the season. You know, and, and I'm not really willing to say if I think they will or not. Uh, but no matter what, you know, they, they, they lose Kevin Cosdis, but they do get some some some, some dudes back. Um, and, and honestly, like, I really just don't know what to expect from this team. Like, I just do not know what to expect. So that that's kind of why, I, you know, I'm not as high on them as some other people. Like, I do think they have a decently high ceiling. Um, they had a solid defense last year. They lose some of those dudes. They have a lot of they, – they're a youthful team this year. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, Colgate. Colgate. Um Man, Colgate's been recruiting out of the wazoo recently. Um, and really, they do this every year. They recruit very, very well. And um, getting some really high-quality guys that maybe aren't on everyone's radar or maybe some uh, lower-ranked, high-quality guys. Um, I, I really don't know what to say about this team. And same with Lafayette. Like, they both went 0-6 last year. They're both going to be pretty young again this year. Well, Colgate wasn't as young. They had Griffin Brown, uh, senior, Nick Petkovich, senior, 
Uh, both of them, obviously, elsewhere. Brown, where is he? He's at, uh, he's at uh, Maryland, and Petkovic is at Georgetown. Uh, so you do lose those, uh, lose them too. Um, and then you get Sean Collins back in cage, which I think is huge. But I just don't know what to expect from this team offensively, what they're going to do. Brian McMinicus, uh, can he, you know, what can he do on, on that attack? Can he be the leader? The leader they need him to be, uh, James Cadigan. You know what's he gonna do? Uh, Mike Hawkins, uh, the other top two returners there. So I just don't know what's gonna happen there. And a similar situation with Lafayette. Like I do think there is some promise at Lafayette for a decent season to to take hold, uh, but I just don't know. And especially depending on what the schedule looks like. Like that's gonna be something that I'm gonna look at really uh, hard with both of these teams. Is like, what does the schedule look like? And I think ultimately that's gonna determine what their season's gonna be, what the um, what the ceiling for this team could be. But I do think both certainly have room for growth, and um, certainly could be. Uh, very good teams, very strong teams in 2021. But, you know, are they going to contend for a conference title? No, sitting here in January, I would probably bet no on that. But we've seen crazier things in this game. All right, so previewed all the teams, essentially. Um glossing over some of the um, lower-level ones, um, non-top three, top four teams. Um, Now, here's my projected order of finish. So, um, you know, Loyola, I'm putting at one, Lehigh at two, um, Army at three. I do, however, want to say, though, I I think Loyola is better front to back more proven front-to-back. They're probably the most proven team on both ends in this conference. Uh, but certainly Lehigh, you could make an argument for them, an argument for them to be in that top spot as well. Uh, Army, I think, is a solid number three. And then I have Navy at four, Bucknell at five, Boston U at six. That little crop there. And then add Holy Cross in there as well, who I have at seven. That little cup, four to seven, is going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because I don't think there's much of a gap between a lot of those teams. And honestly, we'll see what happens with how these teams show out. I do think all of those, and Holy Cross, I think, is the biggest question mark due to the coaching situation. But I do think all of those teams have the ability to go toe-to-toe if they wanted to with a Loyola, with a Lehigh, with an Army. Um, and honestly, that gap in that middle section is not that big. Some years, it's it, it's decently sized. But this year, I just don't see there being much of a gap. That might be due to we didn't get to really have a full season last year. So your expectations are a little bit skewed one way or the other. Um, but overall, I don't see much of a gap there. Uh, Colgate and Lafayette, I have as the 
final two there, but as I said, um, you know, both have plenty of upside, plenty of youth um, that could show up and contribute uh, very heavily here in 2021. That is it for our Patriot League Conference preview show. We will continue on Thursday with the SoCon. Uh, in the meantime, stay up to date on all your lacrosse news, lacrossebucket.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at lacrossebucket, also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, my personal, Tanner underscore, at Tanner underscore Dimling on Twitter. You can email us, contact at lacrossebucket.com. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you on Thursday. Could be an exciting week in some college lacrosse news um, from what I have seen. Just wanted to put that out there. Have a great week. See you all on Thursday.